What if we told you that whiskey and vodka weren't just for drinking? It's true, Jason and Erica, owners of Distilled Bath & Body, created pit liquor. You heard me right, pit liquor. It's an all-natural deodorant that actually works. Ramona found pit liquor online and now says she's a customer of theirs for life. Pit liquor is wonderful. They save my underarms. No more sweaty, itchy underarms for me. So I definitely love them and will be a customer as long as it keeps the smell, I guess, away. Pit liquor has no harmful chemicals or toxins and doesn't have any ingredients you wouldn't find in grandma's kitchen. I came across pit liquor online on Instagram. I saw an ad advertising no baking soda used in their product. So the difference between pit liquor and other natural deodorant is I do not stink. <laughs> I've tried several, several different brands and either I end up with an itchy rash or it doesn't last. But pit liquor for me lasts all day. Pit liquor's risk-free guarantee should put your mind at ease. Head to pitlicker.com and use the promo code number one fan to save 11% and have it shipped straight to your home. That's hashtag one fan. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to BSN Nuggets Podcast. We are presented, as always, by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any of it in Denver with promo code BSN50. As always, Harrison Wind here alongside Christian Clark today, Thursday edition of the show. Man, the Nuggets have been off for a while, man. Three days without a game. I can't remember the last time that happened, but the Nuggets took on the Grizzlies on Monday. They've got the Thunder in here on Friday. How have you been enjoying the little break here? It's been nice, Harrison. It's been real nice. I've been catching up on podcasts mostly. Um, I listened to Katie, Bill Simmons, Part 6. Mm-hmm. I- I'm hoping to one day get to the point where I just can have NBA superstars on my podcast multiple times. I mean, to just get Katie on your podcast six times is a complete power move. Yeah, Bill's always has great guests. I did... Uh, enjoy the way they glowingly talked about Nikola Jokic like they always seem to on the show when those two come together. It doesn't seem like it's happening randomly anymore. It seems like Kevin Durant always makes a point to talk about how fond he is of Nikola Jokic's game. There seems to be a pattern developing there. I will say that Katie highlighted that play where Jokic, he like went up into a shot and then he he threw it to Millsap. It almost looked like he shot the ball but it was a perfect pass to Millsap for a layup. I forgot what game that was, but Katie liked that one. I believe it was against the Atlanta Hawks, and I think the Hawks announcer, or it wasn't the Hawks announcer, but some people on Twitter had the audacity to even suggest that that pass got tipped 
that it was really a shot by Nikola Jokic that got deflected and somehow wound up in uh, Paul Millsap's hands. And no, that was just a, another example of Nikola Jokic's uh, elite ability to, to pass the ball and the vision he has seen something like that, which no other player would have seen. Yeah, how, how dare you suggest that was a shot? How dare you? It's not the first time Kevin Durant has spoken glowingly about Nikola Jokic in Denver, though. We mentioned he did it on the Bill Simmons podcast before. He was also on C.J. McCollum's podcast. He had some cool things to say about the city of Denver. I'm surprised you're even giving me uh, the time of day this afternoon with Dirk Nowitzki making his return tonight. It, it's a big night for me. Mavs got the, the second TNT game. Dirk is back. Get to watch Luka step back three somebody out of their basketball shoes tonight. Well, I, I, I think it's nice for the Mavericks to really do Dirk a favor and bring him back against an opponent like the Phoenix Suns. You know, just welcome him back to the season. Uh, welcome back to the rotation by having a matchup against Dragon Bender off the Suns bench. <laughs> Did you see uh, that elderly woman at a city council meeting in Phoenix just crush Robert Sarver? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, uh, I believe her line was, he's so tight, he squeaks when he walks. <laughs> yeah, Robert Sarver, uh, things aren't going well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when uh, you get out to a 4-24 and start, I guess, and you have the reputation that Robert Sarver has. What's your favorite Dirk memory? Uh, like I said, he's coming back tonight. Is it the finals run? Is it uh, something from 06? Probably that the um, the layup he hit in, in 06 to in Game 7 against the San Antonio Spurs. Manu Ginobili had just hit this colossal three-pointer. Um, and it looked like the Mavs were kind of ki- cooked. It looks like they were going to blow the series lead. And then Dirk drove to the rim, and Manu inexplicably fouled him. And Dirk yeah. hit the free throw to send the game into overtime. Probably that one. My lasting memory of Dirk from that championship run they had was right after they'd win a game, right? And I think he did this throughout the entire playoff run from the first round to the second round to the conference finals and then in the NBA finals he'd immediately get off the floor, walk really quickly or run really quickly back to the locker room and then like collect his thoughts and and then come out to do post-game media. First of all, I'm sure that was like a PR team's absolute nightmare having to deal with that, him running off the court after a game but needing to bring him back on for interviews and whatnot. Yeah, I I guess he just didn't want to show that emotion on the court. I mean, it was... felt like doing it in private and I can respect it um, I was a senior in high school when they won the championship it was a, it was a lot of fun Harrison I remember this pool party I was at in game two when it looked like the Mavs were cooked and they were going to go down 2-0 and they had this crazy comeback and then Dirk had that left-handed layup and they ended up winning good times in the life of Christian Clark what was the championship parade like Oof. I remember just like sitting in my car listening to sports talk radio like all day like I, I was like driving my sister somewhere and I just like parked in the driveway and just kept the radio on for 30 minutes because I was I was basking in the glory. <laughs> so you didn't make it to the championship parade? No, nah, I didn't go to the parade. So, yeah, you mentioned Dallas is on national TV tonight. Dirk Nowitzki is coming back. The Nuggets are on national TV Friday here. The day most of you are probably listening to this podcast, they host the Oklahoma City Thunder. It seems like the Nuggets are getting a lot of national attention right now. ESPN's Jackie McMullen, she's in town to do a story on Jamal Murray. Michael Malone going on Scott Van Pelt last night for an interview. Had some interesting thoughts I took away from that. What have you thought about just this uh, recognition and this spotlight that's been cast on Denver here over the last week or so? 
Um, I don't want to say about time because it, it's just it just takes team success over time for you to get the attention. Um, but that's good. I mean, the Nuggets are really freaking good. They're they're still right at the top of the West, even though they've been really really banged up this season. And and when they're fully healthy, I think there's a team that can make a little noise in the playoffs. To be honest with you, does that mean winning one round, two rounds? I'll just say winning a playoff series. Okay. I think they're capable of that this year. I, I agree. I think winning a playoff series qualifies as making noise, right? You can't lose your first round series and make noise. I feel like that's the qualifier. You got to at least win one series to have that label of like making noise in the playoffs. Fourth youngest team in basketball. It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, they have a chance to be really good for a long time, but... I mean, a lot of things have to go right, and things change quickly, but this could be the start of a pretty fun run. And they've done it by only being healthy for one and a half games this year. Take out <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, take out Michael Porter Jr. Like, those guys are wild cards at this point. The Nuggets have only had their full allotment of rostered players for one and a half games this year. And then Will Barton goes down in the third quarter of that game against Phoenix. They've been really trying to fill holes, trying to... Patch this, patch that, next man up ever since then. So for them to be where they are right now at the top of the West, I mean, throw all the stats out. It's impressive they're at the spot that they're at with the record of health they've had. It's, it's been incredible. Yeah, it definitely speaks to their depth. I'm just hoping we get like 20 games or something like that at the end of the year to, to see this starting lineup we talked about all summer just cooked together. How many minutes, how many hours do we spend talking about that starting lineup only to see it for one and a half games this year? We talked about it a lot more than it actually played together. <laughs> right, right. We talked about it so much more than they actually played minutes on the court. But to no one's surprise, they were dominant when they were out there. And I'm sure they'll be dominant when uh, Will Barton and Gary Harris get back in this thing again. I was walking into practice this morning, and, you know, you go through the the loading dock and pass security and whatnot like you do uh, for every practice and every game and shoot around for the past two, three years. And uh, I start walking down the hallway, and suddenly security comes running after me, and they're like, no, you can't go down this way. And I'm like, what, I've been walking down this way every day for you know the past two and a half years like this is how we go up to the practice court and whatnot he's like michelle obama's coming tonight secret service is here <laughs> can't walk down that way so i had to go like out and around but apparently michelle obama's caught the nuggets wave too during the uh 2016 election hillary clinton was visiting denver and she so happened to be making an appearance at the building i was working in yeah and i didn't even know this was happening and i just tried to go to work that one day and they're like, you're on the list? I was like, uh, I mean, I work in this building every day. Like, you're not on the list. You can't be here. <laughs> so I just didn't go in the building that I worked in. Did you have to work, though? Oh, yeah. Oh. Remotely. I, that might have been a good way to get out of work, I, I, I would think. I, I guess not, though. The, the blog game had to continue, Harrison. <laughs> right. So, yeah, increased security around Pepsi Center. They had the Travis Scott concert Wednesday night. They've got Michelle Obama doing a book signing and a talk Thursday night. Everything's coming up nuggets right now. Pepsi Center is crazy. Um, I expect a big crowd on Friday. Should be sold out, I would think. A lot of people come out to see Russell Westbrook. A little uh, sauced up crowd on a Friday evening on a weekend night. Should be pretty lit. Yeah, 8 p.m. start, too. They're going to have a little extra time to uh, feel good. We can say pregame on this show. Okay. We can. Say, <laughs> yeah, it's legal to drink if you're above 21, Chris. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. 
on the other side, we want to preview this Thunder game because these two teams have had some really memorable matchups over the last couple of years. The game winner, obviously, last year. Some good games here and there over the past couple of seasons. So we'll talk about what we're expecting Friday night and some other notes on some other trends we're observing when it comes to Tory Craig, one, and uh, Nikola Jokic on another hand. So we'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. This podcast is presented by InWeGo, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right, as many events as you can fit into your schedule for only $39 per month. Brandon Spanos here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, guys, this year alone, I've been to Avalanche games, Nuggets games, Rockies games, Rapids games, Buffs games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals. I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my life. <laughs> if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. And here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all the events you can handle for less than $20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego. I want to talk a little bit about this upcoming game on Friday against the Thunder. Actually, a lot about it. It's a big game, no doubt, pitting the Nuggets, top team in the West right now, against the Thunder, who I believe are playing like the second best team in the West. Technically, they're third, but I think they've been a better overall team than the Warriors so far this season, who just look like they have no interest in playing a regular season game right now. But anyway, the Thunder have been impressive. What are you expecting to see Friday night? Ooh, I'm curious to see if Russell Westbrook is going to drive to the basket this game because the last time the Nuggets played the Thunder, he's pretty content to just launch three after three after three. Yeah. And none of them were going in. I mean, I think that was largely how Denver won the game. Uh, Torrey Craig did a great job of keeping him out of the paint and forced him to take those three-pointers, and Westbrook is just shooting it terrible from outside this season. So you... Th- that, that's what you're wondering, if Russell Westbrook is going to go to the paint. I would think he would try to get to the paint much more than he did that last game against the Thunder in OKC. That was such a weird game. That was a game that you looked at from Denver's perspective, and you were like, all right, this might be a scheduled loss. I remember talking with some guys in the media being like, hey, maybe this is a game you sit Paul Millsap down for because he had played a bunch of minutes up until that point. He was a little banged up. You know, he's the oldest guy on this roster, maybe you like hold him out and just kind of get him some rest here in a game you're probably going to lose. But sure enough, it didn't look like the Thunder had much interest in showing up for that game and Denver won. The defense Torrey Craig has played on Westbrook this year has been really impressive, I thought. Uh, Not just this year, but even going back to last year. And I wrote about this on bsndenver.com today. You can check it out. But Torrey Craig has not only guarded Russell Westbrook as of late, he's guarded a lot of all-star point guards. He held Westbrook to, what, 6-23 of shooting earlier this season in Oklahoma City. I think it was his second game, like his second game where he's playing really meaningful minutes last year when they called him up from the G League. He battled Westbrook for that whole game. It was a couple nights after he blocked Drew Holiday on the final play of regulation. That, like, was the day after he was called up then, so... 
Torrey Craig's been everywhere defensively for this team, especially defending point guards. What have you thought about the job he's done on some of these point guards as of late? Yeah, I think he's done an excellent job. Um, I mean, that's a really difficult job, too, and a pretty thankless one. Just just go out there and guard the opposing team's best ball handler, and you're going to be the fifth option when you're out there. So it, it's got to be a guy who's embraces kind of doing the grunt work, and, and I think that that's definitely you know who Torrey Craig is. He's a guy who is going to embrace doing the dirty work, and I think he's kind of one of the few players on this roster who's like that this is more of a finesse team than a than a power team, I would say. Yeah. What do you think of him as a defender as a whole? Because there's kind of a, a mixed opinion, I feel like, in Denver of how good of a defender he actually is. And, and maybe we think of him as a good defender because he's just that poor of an offensive player. Like, do you think this guy is um, an elite defender, an above-average defender, an average defender, a, a below-average defender, just kind of in the aggregate? Where does he fall for you? He's an above-average defender. I think we talked about a couple podcasts ago. I would probably start Malik Beasley in Torrey Craig's place if you're going to go with the Plumley and Jokic lineup while they're dealing with this rash of injuries, just because, you know, I think Torrey Craig is a better defender than Malik Beasley. I don't think he makes as many mental lapses, but I think there's a marginal difference there. And I think what Malik gives you on the offensive end is, is worth making that swap. But I, th- I think Toria is an above average defender. I would I definitely wouldn't say elite or anything. Yeah, like that. I wouldn't say elite, but I'd say he's a good slash above average defender. It's weird because like the advanced stats and the analytics don't say he's a good defender. But I mean, you can watch the games to an extent, and, and yeah, he'll get blown by sometimes, uh, which is another thing a lot of people have mentioned to me just speaking with them about Tory Craig's defense. The fact that. He can get blown by, but then with his length, especially when he's going up against point guards, like he's six six with long arms, going up against point guards who are like six three or shorter, he can make up for the fact if he gets beat because he can like come back and block shots at the rim, like we've seen him do that against Westbrook and Trey Young as of late over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so I think he's an above average defender, and it's funny. This was a guy who this summer. In free agency, like he was a wanted man. The Nuggets weren't the only offer he had. He, I've heard from multiple people he turned down more money to come back to the Nuggets. The Thunder wanted him. They wanted him for his defensive chops. Russell Westbrook, I heard he made multiple pitches to Craig to try to get him to Oklahoma City. That's how impressed Russell Westbrook was with his defense. But no, he wanted to stay in Denver. So I feel like if players like Russell Westbrook respect your ability as a defender, that should carry some weight too. That, that's really impressive. Um, I just think there's a certain baseline. You, you got hit on the offensive end to, to you know, be impactful in, in a game. And Torrey's really, really struggling on the offensive end this season. I mean, he, he's done a nice job. I don't want to take anything away from him. But I, I don't know. I mean, he's just been a little underwhelming on the offensive end this season. And it, it's hard for me to not look at the whole body of work and think that he's been a net negative you think he's been a net negative? Yeah, probably. Okay, I, I, I don't think he's been a net negative. I think what he's given Denver defensively just in the pinch that they're in has has been some value. But I, I would agree that you know, offensively he, he's struggled. No, here's a guy who's making under 20% of his threes. He's not a threat from three-point range right now. But I do think defensively he's really helped this team out. Okay, going back to the Thunder. That's what we were originally talking about before I took that tangent into Torrey Craig territory. <laughs> 
these two teams have had some epic games over the past couple of seasons. Going back to that one I just mentioned when Craig was digging up Westbrook last year in one of his first games in Denver to their last meeting, because their last meeting, right, was when Gary Harris hit that game winner. What do you what do you remember from that night? That was like one of the best nights covering this team I can remember. Oh man, a, a million things. The jerseys they they wore those special edition jerseys. Um, I remember um, Graham was in the Nuggets marketing department, was sitting right next to me, and just him going absolutely nuts when Gary Harris hit that game winner, just pounding on the table. And I was trying to file my story, like, and my laptop is just rattling. That was that was a, a pretty loud night at, at the Pepsi Center. Um, I was going back and reading some of the stuff we wrote that night. Here's one thing that sticks out. Cocky Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray had a great game. He sliced Steven Adams' ankles in half on, yeah. on that step-back shot. Um, one of his quotes, uh, the, you, I think you asked him about the shot, and he said, I kind of smirked when I shot it. I shot the ball, and I was like, damn, it's not the first time I've done it. We got some <laughs> unreal Jamal Murray quotes that night. You know, He was feeling himself, and rightfully so. He had a great game. That was the first night when you really realized, okay, Jamal Murray has a little bit of an edge to him. I guess a little bit of an edge is probably a huge understatement, but this guy's got some confidence, he's got some cockiness, and he's not afraid to ruffle some feathers. That was really the first night when I think we saw that. What about the Gary Harris game winner? The first thing I think about that always is his celebration. Just the straight sprint into the locker room, Nuggets PR guy Cody Wise sprinting along with him to try to get him back onto the court for the interview, but he made it all the way into the locker room before anybody got to him. That was a cool moment. That was a classic Gary Harris celebration too because just no facial expression on him. Just We always talk about Gary never gets too high. He never gets too low. That celebration was just classic, classic Gary Harris, I thought. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Um, I mean, that was probably like the high point of Gary's professional career to date, and and he's still, I mean, not even busting out like a full smile on his way off the court. Perfect encapsulation of who Gary Harris is. I went back and watched watched that game winner too, and Russell Westbrook was just frozen. Like he was standing in the middle of the paint, and you know he kind of turned his head and, and he got hung up on uh, sort of a screen, but. He fell asleep there. I mean, that game was going to overtime if Westbrook didn't fall asleep, and, and it just took that half second for Gary Harris to get that daylight to get a shot off. It was I also mean, an unbelievable pass from Nikola Jokic. That's probably the most underrated part of that play, the cross-court slinger from, from Jokic to hit Gary right in the hands. And if you go back and look at the replay of that pass, he kind of hits Gary like – Gary's a wide receiver coming around the top of the arc, and Jokic is the quarterback from the sideline, throwing it to a spot, like at the angle on the wing, and Gary comes and meets it there and hits the shot. An unbelievable play. He threw it like 10 feet in front of him. Yeah. It was, I think that was a much more difficult pass than it, it kind of appears uh, just watching it on the screen. I still remember the game two years ago against the Thunder when Russell Westbrook was zeroing in on the triple-double record, he needed one more triple-double to break Oscar Robertson's record. The Nuggets were hanging on to their playoff lives. They still were technically alive in the playoff race for one of the final two seeds, but Russell Westbrook comes into Pepsi Center. How many points did he have that night? 
Did he go for 50? 50. Was it a 50 piece? Up 50 something points. Hits the triple double and hits the game winner and eliminates Denver from the postseason all in one night. That was just like Russell Westbrook putting his foot down on the Denver Nuggets at center court. I will never forget that evening. That was not Nuggets fans' finest moment either because they were kind of cheering Westbrook on and goading him into that triple double. I'm not going to group Nuggets fans into those people here who were cheering Russell Westbrook. I just I think those were mostly you know, casual basketball fans who decide to roll into a game against uh, Russell Westbrook and the Thunder. I think the demographics of who was showing up to Nuggets games back then is much different than it was now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be like that now. We can say that. We we know that for a fact. They would they would be out for blood if it was the same situation now. Right. They'd be booing him. Yeah, he would not get the same friendly reception that he got that evening. What else do you got there from this Nuggets Thunder series that's really taken on a uh, a cool little vibe to it over the last couple of seasons. Looking at the box score from that last game at Pepsi Center was a reminder of how much Im- improved the Nuggets benches. In-, in that game, that February 1st game, the Nuggets bench combined for 21 points. The bench guys who got on that night, Trey Lyles, Kenneth Reed, Darrell Arthur, Torrey Craig, and Moutier, Wancho and Beasley didn't even play. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are uh, 10 months later or whatever, Wancho and Beasley are, are rotation mainstays. Wancho has crushed it in the starting lineup. And Malik Beasley has been so valuable for this team this year. I mean, even with the injuries, the bench is is probably still better than what they were throwing out last year. Well, that's one thing when you look at this bench, right? Every, everybody on the bench has had a really good season, except for Trey Lyles. Monte Morris has played great. Malik Beasley shooting like 40 50% from three. Mason Plumley, we've talked about his value on and on and on again on this podcast. Jamal Murray's looked really good with that bench unit as the one starter that plays with them. Trey Lyles has been the only guy who hasn't really found a rhythm on offense or defense. He's still well below 30%. I spoke with him at practice today. I didn't really sense much uh, panic there. He's been through slumps before. And I still think he'll pull out of it. But anyways, you look at the bench now compared to what it was, those guys you just listed off. I mean, that's when you really see how big of a difference Monte Morris has made, right? Like when you go from Emmanuel Moutier as your backup point guard to Monte Morris, that raises the ceiling of your bench unit so much. That raises the floor of your bench unit so much. It gives your second unit just a totally different outlook when you sub those two guys out, I think. Let's go ahead and take another break real quick. A lot more to get to on the other side. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. When it comes to quality craft beer, there is no place quite like Colorado. And Colorado Keg House embraces the true essence of that, providing 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. The most unique thing about Colorado Keg House is how many beers they have on tap. I mean, there's simply a beer for everyone. They change them out regularly, and it's, it's great Colorado craft beer. I've been going there for about two years now, and I'm never disappointed. That was Lindsay, and like she mentioned, Colorado Keg House rotates their inventory each week to bring you new flavors. They also offer a great selection of Colorado wines and spirits, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy any sport you wish on one of their 27 TVs. 
My favorite thing about Colorado Cake House is the atmosphere. You can bring whatever food that you want to eat in there, and they have a million TVs. It feels like it's not a bad seat in the house, and they've got extremely comfy couches that you can sit on and hang out with your friends and just kick back. It's, it's a great atmosphere. If you're a Colorado beer lover and you haven't checked out Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, do yourself a favor and head over there today. And don't forget to mention BSN to receive 20% off your order. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. Let's talk starting lineups. Monday against the Grizzlies, the Nuggets roll out. The Mason Plumlee, Nicole Jokic front court. And despite popular belief and uh, the sentiment I hear from fans, Plumlee Jokic have actually been really good together. Nuggets have been really good when those guys have been on the floor for two straight years now. And believe that group finished in the negatives last night when Plumlee and Jokic were out there, but they were still solid nonetheless. How do you see Denver going here against the Thunder who roll out a Steven Adams, Jeremy Grant, Paul George, three, four, five? Yeah, you'd think just looking at that personnel that this might be a Trey Lyles game. Um, yeah. You know, I think they went with Jokic and Plumlee together because Memphis has that supersized front court, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Soule. So I would probably guess that they go back to Trey Lyles. He's just more of a, a natural matchup against Jeremy Grant. You know Torrey Craig is going to be out there. I mean, he defended Westbrook so well the last time the Nuggets faced the Thunder. I mean, he's getting another chance to guard him for sure from, from the opening tip. Uh, so probably Lyles, although it wouldn't shock me if we saw Plumlee and Jokic again. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I'm going to go ahead and predict Lyles, too. Going against the Thunder, they're the number one defense in the league, which is crazy because last year with this team without Andre Robertson, they were terrible defensively, and a lot of people made the point throughout the whole year that if they had Robertson, like that's their missing piece. That's the reason they're not very good defensively. They don't have Robertson this year. And all of a sudden, they're the number one defense in the league. Maybe not playing Carmelo Anthony 15, 20 minutes a night has something to do with that. I don't know. Just a thought. But the Thunder are so good defensively that I would think you want to put yourself in position to get off to somewhat of a decent start on the offensive end of the floor if you're the Nuggets. And those first three or four minutes against the Grizzlies, those are some ugly, hard-to-watch Offensive possessions from the Nuggets with Plumlee, Jokic, Craig, and uh, Murray out there and Wancho. That group had trouble on the offensive end of the floor early on against Memphis. With how good the Thunder are defensively, I would think maybe you want to think about putting a more offensive first lineup out there. And I know Trey Lyles hasn't shot the ball well this year. He's under 30%. I don't think he's going to be under 30% for much longer. He's not going to be like under 30% from the whole year. I believe he'll figure it out. And maybe you give him a chance to figure it out against a team like the Thunder. Try to get him in a rhythm early on. Try to get him a look or two from three-point range in the first couple minutes of this game. Get him going. Get him in a groove because the Nuggets are going to need Lyles to step up offensively over this stretch, over the rest of December when they're without Gary Harris and Millsap, and I'm not sure how long Will Barton's going to be out, but he could be out for a little longer here. You're going to need his offense just to stay afloat on that end of the floor. And so maybe trying to give him some more confidence in the starting role isn't the worst thing. Memphis is a pretty good defensive team too. They're, they're fourth in defensive rating 
you know, like you said, that, that starting lineup they threw out against Grizzlies really struggled to score the basketball. There were some ugly possessions. That five-man group shot 10 of 25 from the field. They turned Oof. it over five times. Oof. So my theory, I mean, not really a theory, but I just think there's not a lot of space when you got, you know, Plumlee and Craig out there together with Jokic. There's just not quite enough room to operate. So, you know, I think if you're going to go Craig to stop Westbrook, then it probably makes some sense to go Lyles. Or if you if you really want to go Plumlee and Jokic, then maybe get Malik Beasley in there just to provide a little more space. Yeah, but then you're taking off Wancho. And I don't think you can do that. Oh, leave Wancho in there. Just make make the change at, you know, Craig or Beasley. But Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I think we know Torrey Craig's going to be out there, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he held Westbrook the 6-23 shooting last time. That was a really good showing for him. And we know Mike Malone really likes what Torrey Craig's going to give him on the defensive end of the floor. So he'll be out there to start. Jamal Murray will be out there to start. Wancho will be out there to start. And Jokic will be out there. I'm going to go ahead and predict we'll see Trey Lyles. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the Mason Plumlee option wouldn't surprise me a ton. All right, so we talked about the starters. What about the bench? Are we going to get some Nick Young minutes? I think that we are going to get some Nick Young minutes. I just don't think the Nuggets can continue going with eight guys who are playing double-digit minutes every night. Uh, they they tried Tyler Lydon, a.k.a. Spicy Mayo. Um, he was he was on the court for just two minutes, but those are some not great two minutes. You know, Nick Young didn't get a chance to practice before the Grizzlies game. He just went through a shoot-around. Now right. that he's had a couple practices, I would say we'll probably see him out there. He's probably a little acclimated to the altitude maybe worked himself into shape a little bit over these last couple of days. It's tough to forget that. It's not like Nick Young was playing in the G League or playing overseas or playing with another team for the first two months of the season. He was sitting at home on his couch watching League Pass, playing with his kids for the first two months of the season. Yeah, he was working out and whatnot, getting shots up. There's only one way to get yourself into basketball playing shape. It's not by going to the gym and running on the treadmill for a couple minutes. The only way you can do that is by playing basketball. Yeah, when I moved here like two and a half years ago, I played in this um, this like rec league or whatever at Charles Whitlock Center on West Colfax two days after I moved here. And I played basketball pretty regularly when I was living in Oklahoma City. I remember just thinking, this is hell. We only had five guys for that game. It's it's just really real if you're not used to it. See, I don't know what that's like. I don't must know. Be nice. <laughs> I don't know what adjusting to the altitude is like. I don't know how hard it is. I don't know what that feeling is like when you're gasping for air and you get tired really easily. The only time I experience it, I guess, is when you're drinking at altitude versus drinking at sea level. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say when you're on deadline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I wish I could feel what uh, having to play at sea level versus having to play at altitude feels like coming up to the altitude. I, I've never experienced it. You think you want that, but you don't. I want to know what it's like. I want to know if it's as hard as people say it is. Yes. Because every visiting coach that comes to Pepsi Center usually gets a question about the altitude, right? That's like the classic beat reporter question you ask your coach if you guys are traveling, say, from Oklahoma City to Denver. One of the Thunder beat writers is probably asking Billy Donovan tomorrow, how do you cope with the altitude, right? Well, summer workouts too. The first question is always, sure. oh, how was the altitude today? <laughs> sure. That sure. was my generic media guy voice. Did you like that? How was the altitude today? Oh, you know, um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, 
you got to catch your second win. But, you know, once you get used to it, it's all right. I'm, I'm really tired, though. I definitely feel it a lot. Yeah, 50% of them say the phrase second wind. I also don't know what it's like to catch your second wind. I don't think I'm athletic enough to ever catch a second wind. It's got to be a hell of a <laughs> feeling, though. There's only one wind in Harrison Wind. <laughs> exactly. Oh. All right, I don't know if we've got anything else for today's show. Hey, if you guys got questions for the show, I always want to remind you about the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. If you got questions for the show, give us a call. Leave a message. Tell us what you think. Give us your hot takes. Did you listen or watch Mike Malone's interview on Scott Van Pelt? Yeah, I caught it. What do you think of his comments about Nikola Jokic being a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. I love the way he gasses up Jokic in some of these interviews. It's almost like he's he's trying to give Jokic the confidence that he really can do these things, that he's capable of it. Yeah. Do you think he's a future Hall of Famer? Heck yeah. Yeah. If he continues on this current path, there's no doubt he'll have Hall of Fame numbers when it's all said and done. He'll have to do stuff in the playoffs, of course. A ring... That would help a little bit. That wouldn't hurt Nikola Jokic's Hall of Fame resume when it's all said and done. I'm about the the biggest believer in Jokic there is. Um, I mean, I think he's already the best passing big man ever. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. Darrell Arthur came on this podcast last year, and it's part of our intro, his quote. I'm sure you guys have listened to it many times. He said last year, midway through the season, that he thought Nikola Jokic was going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. I don't know if you're higher than... Darrell Arthur on Nikola Jokic's long-term prospects. Well, DA knew immediately when he saw him play, too. Uh, yeah. The first time a lot of the Nuggets saw Jokic play was at this minicamp in Philadelphia that Jameer Nelson was hosting. And the way Darrell Arthur tells the story, you know, he, he saw the skill immediately. And, and he texted Tim Connolly and said, this guy's going to be really good. And Tim Connolly, you know, as the story goes, was kind of like, ah, we'll see about it. We'll see. That's how a lot of people thought. He showed well there. He showed well at Summer League a month or so before that. And everybody was like, yeah, we got a nice little player on our hands. We got a nice center who can pass the ball. We can probably shoot from three. Will Barton admitted to me last year that, you know, he thought he'd be like a nice role player. He didn't think he'd be very good, though, <laughs> even after Summer League and even after those workouts. But, yes, some guys saw it early on more than others. I mean, there's really no precedent for a player like Jokic, so I don't even blame that guy, any of those guys for I, I not don't seeing either. it. I mean, when you see a guy that looks like him show up, in Philadelphia, probably doesn't even know where the heck he is. Just imagine Nikola Jokic like walking the streets of Philadelphia three years ago as a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old, however old he was, having no idea where he was, really no idea what to expect. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was very easy to see something like this coming. All right, well, I think we officially don't have any more on today's show, but it should be a good matchup Friday against the Thunder. Hope you guys enjoy it. Come out to Pepsi Center. It should be a, a fun atmosphere with, I would think, a sold-out crowd. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Talk with you guys then. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything 
finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236.